welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, April 14th, 2021, and I'm Herbie Newell, and I'm joined with by Dr. Rick, and we are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Today, we are continuing our series on COVID a year later, looking at the stories and the ways that families were impacted by the global pandemic, the lessons they learned, and the ways that they were helped, and hope that this will serve you and your family as you navigate even life ahead. What does that look like? Look back to help us to learn those lessons that we learned a year ago, but also, I think, through it all to see God's hand guiding and leading our families through uncertain times. And so today we're going to be joined again by our friend Whitney White as she interviews Kristen Avery. Kristen and her family are missionaries in Kenya. They have built their family through adoption. And I know you're just going to be blessed to hear some of the ways that they've learned and grown during this last year. But before we hear from Dr. Rick as he introduces our guest even more, I want to remind you about our resource page. We have housed several helpful articles, activity ideas, and other materials on our resources page. And actually, there's hundreds and hundreds of things there for you. Topics that you'll find include adoption, attachment, siblings, medical needs, children's behavioral challenges, birth parents, how to address grief and trauma, and so, so much more. So our TBRI-trained professionals, um, our professionals like Dr. Rick and his team have brought so many helpful articles to you, articles that our team has written, things that resources that our team has put together as well as just other helpful resources and articles from a a wealth of knowledge that I know will help you and your family. And so if you are looking for some of these resources, you can look down below for the link in our show notes and you can always visit lifelinechild.org backslash resources. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash resources. When you find those resources, those may lead you to realize that you need family coaching or counseling or some of our bridge educational services. And you can always contact us at info at lifelinechild.org to sign up for any of these uh, amazing opportunities. So Dr. Rick, grateful to be with you again, brother, and to look at this topic of COVID a year later. Tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear. Yeah, thanks, my friend. I, um, I'm really excited for us to share this interview with you. Kristen Avery uh, came to us as an intern. She's working on her, her master's degree in social work at Sanford University, um, but she really kind of has a, an interesting perspective. She's a mom through adoption. Uh, she is the parent of a special needs child. And she also is TBRI trained. And so she sort of has this interesting mix of preparation and experience and then kind of the extra layer of, of serving in Kenya, their, their home right now during the pandemic. And uh, that has been part of the challenge as well. And so Whitney just sat down with her um, to kind of unpack a little bit of, about their journey. So let's listen to the interview and then Herbie and I are going to come back and we're, going to, we're just going to kind of talk a little bit about a few of the themes that, that rise up out of this interview. Hey everyone, my name is Whitney White and I'm the International Education Counselor at Lifeline. And our team has been talking a lot lately about all of the challenges that our families continue to undergo as they are 
just living in this worldwide pandemic that seems to be never ending. And so we really wanted to just spend some dedicated time talking about those challenges. And you're going to get to hear from some of our different staff members, but we also wanted you to just hear from that adoptive parents perspective. And so today you get the privilege of hearing from Kristen Avery, and I want her to just share more about uh, what this has looked like for her personally and for her family. And then what are those ongoing challenges that she continues to face in a, as an adoptive mom? So Kristen, I'll let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background and kind of where you are in life right now. Sure. Well, thanks, Whitney. Um, so I'm an adoptive mom. We have two precious children that are from Africa and we have um, had them for eight years, which has been such a blessing. I also have two bio children. So I have a 17 year old and, an, and a 15 year old. They're my biological children. And then I have two twins who are almost 12 year old um, twins and um, they're a boy girl. So I get kind of the both of the boy and the girl, which is awesome. And then prior to that, um, my husband and I lived in Africa and we lived there on and off for about six to eight years where we were able to not only work in the rural communities, but also spend a tremendous amount of time in children's homes, working with vulnerable children or with children who had been orphaned or displaced. So um, that's kind of my background. And currently I'm in school for clinical social work and I have the privilege of actually interning at Lifeline right now, which has been awesome. Um, but I'm also at the very core, I'm an adoptive mom and a mom of four children, so. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing your time with us, Kristen. Yeah. Perfect person for this particular role. And so I would love for you to just share with us a little bit about what the last year has been like with everything related to COVID. What are some of the challenges that you have faced as a family? Sure. Well, our family was very unique in the fact that we homeschooled already. And so um, it didn't disrupt our immediate rhythm as a family in a lot of ways, just because we have lived in Africa, we've lived in like rural settings before um, we've gone through a terrorist attack actually in Africa and where we were locked down in our compound for several weeks. So initially not knowing how long this was going to last, I kind of went back in and we sat all the children down. We wanted to make sure that there was felt safety in our home, that they knew that you know, that we were here, that we were, um, that we were like on top of things and that we were leading and guiding them through this difficult time. And so we just sat them down and we just said, Hey, this is very similar to when we lived through a terrorist attack. We have done this before we have gone through hard things before we have been at home before we have been locked in our compound before. And God was faithful then. And he'll do it again because that's who he is. He's a promise maker and he's a promise keeper. And so initially I think more than any family, we probably thrived because we had already lived through such adverse circumstances and difficult things. We had seen our children become resilient as they trusted in the Lord. And so we went and we did a lot of the things we did before. We basically made out a list of all the things we couldn't do. And we kind of talked about it and we got frustrated over it. And then we set it to the side and we said, we don't have control over that, but we do have control over what we can do. And so we just wrote out a list of things we could do. And so we made a garden and we started baking and we started doing art at home and we started being a family in a different way again, where we had more time and we played games and we really focused on what we could do as a family instead of what we couldn't do. And so I think initially we survived well, we, we thrived. We didn't just survive, right? We were thriving while every other family was kind of going through, I think, 
the detox of being able to have control over their life and over their circumstances, that's just a pretty common thing for missionary families. You just don't have control. And so I think initially it was easier for us. What I found though, there was a key thing that I picked up on right away. And I really feel like this gave me insight into my children, especially my adopted children is just the reminder of the fact that my adopted children had already lost their birth parents. And I think it's so important to remember, as you always say, to remember the world that they came from to remember where they began. And I started noticing increased anxiety around the thought that maybe we were going to die and maybe we were going to leave them. And the truth is in the very beginning of COVID, I couldn't promise them that something really bad wasn't going to happen to us. So it was very difficult to navigate just like not breeding false hope, like, Hey, nobody's going to die. We're going to be okay. I think most importantly, it was praying with them through that saying, Hey, this is a hard time. Um, mommy and daddy should be okay. Like all the science is showing that we should be okay, but God has you mom and dad are here. Grandma and grandpa are here. You know, aunts and uncles are here. I think broadening that perspective of who's here to support them which I always think is important. Um, but it was just that realization of the fact that that immediate fight, flight, or freeze kicked in for them. They went back to those primal needs of survival and safety, and it was terrifying for them. And they were asking us like, am I going to die? Are you going to die? And that was a really hard thing to navigate. I think we've kind of come through that point in COVID where I would say that we probably see that my age range is probably going to be okay with COVID. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not still triggering them constantly, especially when they hear of like other people's grandparents are passing away, which has been so heartbreaking or just different people that have really gone through a hard time. And so I would say in the past year, we have really been intentional to be very careful with the communication and the information that's brought into our home. We are, again, we don't have control over what's happening in the world right now, but we do have control over what our adoptive children are listening to. Right. And so we have been very careful to not ever turn on the news in front of them. If we want to have a conversation about maybe things that are happening with the economy or like with the presidential election or different things that have been happening, we've been cautious to make sure that we're not overexposing them. Our children faced extremely adverse circumstances before they came home to us. They came from very hard places. And we just recognize that this over and over and over again can be triggering. But what I've also realized is how triggering it can be for our bio kids as well. I think that we are all living through a very difficult time right now. And as we've heard over and over, unprecedented. But the truth is, it's not really unprecedented. It's just unprecedented for our generations here in America. It's not unprecedented for people around the world. Right. And so I think it's important to remember that even our biological children are facing things that they have never faced before, mm -hmm. that they are facing some of those large fears or those, um, those scary thoughts of losing family members or having things taken away from them. And maybe that never being brought back through. And so I feel like this year has been a year of just constantly walking intentionally with our children and reminding them that God is with them and that he's for them and that he did not promise ease or comfort and paying attention to those primal needs, right? Those primal like needs for safety and survival and trying to figure out not only where the anxiety is in our adoptive children, which we expect, but also in our biological children because they're living through something that maybe they've never lived through before and they don't really have all the tools to handle it. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and one reason I really wanted to interview you is because I feel like you have navigated these territories very well with your biological and your adopted children. You have been very intentional from the beginning to help them adjust and transition well. And like you said, I mean, for a lot of families, you're not alone in saying that for a lot of families, this has been a blessing in a lot of ways, which is hard to admit and hard to say when we know that there's been such tragedy around the world. But for many, it has forced them to slow down. It's Mm -hmm. forced them to spend more time together. And I have heard other families say that they were really thriving, especially Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this transition, because it just made them, it forced them to cancel a lot of unnecessary things in their life and to spend more dedicated time with their Mm -hmm. children. Um, But there are these massive challenges that Mm -hmm. so many people have faced. And then we really kind of all thought that we were going to be past this in a sense, that we were going to be moving on and moving forward a little bit more. And it just feels like it is ongoing (laughs) and that the challenges just continue to stretch out or new challenges arise. So I'm curious for you and for your family, and then also for other adoptive families that you know that you can speak on behalf of, what are some of those ongoing challenges that relate to COVID-19 that you've experienced personally? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, um, I think you're right. I think that the newer challenges that we're facing is that I feel like a lot of people thought, okay, 2021, somehow this is going to magically go away. Yeah. And, um, early on, we always talk about expectations in our home that a lot of times that we are incredibly frustrated, anxious, disappointed, overwhelmed, depressed when our expectations are not met. And so as the whole world was saying like 2021's coming, this is all going to go away. My husband and I really prepared our children to say, Hey, no different than when we lived in Africa. And it seemed like when we overcame one hurdle, the next one got bigger or maybe it decreased for a minute, but then we were faced with a massive terrorist attack or really hard things or no electricity for a whole month or a cholera outbreak or all of these crazy things. Like those things do not go away in other countries. And I think the problem that we're facing right now in America is that we are used to being able to solve problems and have major things go away at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think by control, <laughs> we do. being out of control, and this has forced us all out of our comfort zone and really pressed us in those areas where we really like to control things. And I would say that is a great point because I think what I've noticed amongst other families and even ourselves that we have to be careful of is, are we setting unhealthy expectations for our family and our children that this is just going to magically go away? And then if we are doing so, we're not giving them really the opportunity to thrive in the midst of adversity, in the midst of persevering through something that we don't have an end in sight. And so I think when we have our eyes set on the wrong thing, we're going to get frustrated. And so I know for our own family, like we just keep saying, nope, we're going to set our eyes back on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of our faith that we can trust him in the waiting. Let's not be like the Israelites who really, even though this feels like a year, there are countries who have dealt with plagues and pandemics and all kinds of things for a long time. And I think we have such a short-sighted view because we're so used to solving problems and being in control. And so I think that that plays a huge part in it. You know, are we going to be like the Israelites that go and worship a golden calf because we are not willing to wait? Are we going to miss out because we're not willing to wait on God? Are we trusting God in the waiting? Are we trusting God in the moments that are hard? Are we believing that he is sovereign and 
faithful overall and that he is doing something even when we can't see it. And I think that has been a huge thing for our family, especially in this season. And also, are we admitting to ourselves that this is a really hard season? Are we admitting to ourselves as parents that we're stressed? Are we admitting to ourselves that we might feel like the economy might be shifting or we might be overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, family members could get sick or there's so much stress related around this. And I think when we don't admit to ourselves as parents, how we feel about it and, and take an honest look to how we're responding, then my concern is that we're holding our children to a standard that we're not holding ourselves to. You know, I, I told my husband, like, you know, how are we running to ice cream and coffee? You know, has our Starbucks bill gone up because some days we're just stressed and we're just running to Starbucks, even though I can make a coffee at home. It just, it's like, I'm dying to get out of the house. And so I just go to Starbucks to get a coffee or I go to Dairy Queen because I can go through the drive-thru, right? Or, you know, I think, you know, look, take an honest look. Are we eating out more than we did in the beginning of the pandemic just because we're desperate to go somewhere? Are we, you know, coping by, you know, I, I noticed like I tend to want the house to be really clean. So I'm holding the kids to a standard of like, keep the house clean, keep your room clean. And I love the other night that one of them said, but your room's not clean. And at first it was like, oh, don't disrespect me. But then I, I thought you're, you're not wrong. Like yeah. I'm stressed. So I'm having a hard time keeping my room clean because yeah. I just don't care some days. And yet I'm asking you to do something I'm not capable of doing myself right now. And I think it's just important. Like, how are we finding comfort? Are we spending more time on our phone or watching more movies? And then what are we doing then to recognize that same stress and anxiety in our children? Are we meeting them where they're at? Are we giving them grace? And I think the truth is, the main challenge is the pandemic has not gone away, but that is not in our control. We do not have control over when this pandemic ends. So then we have to come back and ask ourselves, then where are we creating a greater challenge than has to be because we're trying desperately to control things that can't be controlled? Mm -hmm. And are we thriving in the midst of a really hard season? Are we looking at our kids and saying, this is something we have never dealt with before? Their friends are stressed. Their friends' parents are stressed. Their teachers are stressed. We're stressed. It's stressful at church. It's stressful on the TV. They're picking up on all of this. And for our adoptive children, they're especially sensitive to our stress at home. And I think if we're seeing, if we're starting to see like behaviors or things like that, then I think we have to ask ourselves, what did we do? last year when the pandemic first began, where we started to thrive. And is it possible that now we're layering our old lifestyle, our old busyness, our old everything on top of all of this stress? And is that kind of the perfect storm for not meeting needs, not caring for our children, not comforting them, not paying attention to what they're going through and asking them, are you okay? How can I help you? What's going on? Is it weird for you to be at school, you know, with your friends wearing masks or, Hey, they're not wearing masks. Are you scared? Something's going to happen. And I think even if they can't tell us, it doesn't mean they're not sensing our own anxiety and our own stress. So I think in a lot of ways we have to ask ourselves just what I said, what is in our control and what is not in our control and stop trying to control the things that we cannot control. We cannot control this pandemic. Yeah. And start asking ourselves, what do our children need in order to learn resilience, to learn faith, to learn encouragement, to learn to care for one another? 
in the midst of a season that quite honestly may not go away anytime soon. Yeah. You know, you just reminded me of something that we, we talk about often in counseling is just being able to look at something, look at the same scenario and you can either have a crisis mindset or you can have an opportunity mindset. And this seems like a very timely time to have an opportunity mindset. It's like, okay, this is a crisis because this has been going on so long and I'm so sick of it. And how many times have you heard people say, I'm just over it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I wish that that like resolved anything. Us being over COVID doesn't really make the challenges dissipate or go away. So I feel like it is a good opportunity for us to have that opportunity mindset to say, okay, how can I continue to encourage my children? How can I help them feel safe? How can I help them thrive and learn from this experience instead Mm -hmm. of just being continually beaten down by it? Yeah, 100%. And I just got the privilege of being in Africa in January, which is amazing. And I will say that COVID's there too. I think it was one of the first times that we were experiencing the same pandemic that they were. Normally it's like, in Africa where we're, they're going through a lot, but in America, they have no idea. Yeah. And I think what was different was exactly what you said. You know, I kept saying, gosh, you all seem so joyful. You seem like you're okay. And they were like, well, we face, you know, malaria every day. We face dengue fever. We face chikungunya virus, or we face typhoid or cholera, or, you know, it's, again, it goes back to the fact that their expectations are different. So they are not just in a crisis. They're still believing there's opportunity and things that can happen. And for them, COVID is minimal compared to some of the things that they deal with. And I think, I think it's good for us. I think it's really important for us to remember right now in America that, you know, these kind of things are happening all around the world. And, and I think that it should build compassion for us and empathy. And I feel like that's what we've used as an opportunity to remind our children, like, Hey, we have lived in Africa. We know what they're dealing with. And so I think it's important you know, what is it that God is going to allow our families to learn and be refined in, in this, or are we just going to kind of come out complaining like Jonah did after God had brought him through so much, he's there under the tree complaining again. And I think for, for my husband and I, we've just been very intentional to say, we want this season to be a season of growth and opportunity of building resilience, of building care and concern and empathy for our children. Of, of building more trust with us and also with each other and not a season of like complaining because this season in their life will never get back again. These years in their life, we don't get back again. We don't get a, a, a redo or a replay. And so I don't want to remember my children's lives in this season as kind of drudgery and complaining. Instead, I want to remember them at these ages in light of the fact that, you know, that we lived in a pandemic in light of the fact that we were going through this, what amazing things came out of it. And quite frankly, it's exactly what we said. It takes discipline. It takes disciplining our mind to say, we are not going to constantly talk about crisis, but we're going to talk about opportunity. We're not going to talk about what's out of our control, but what's in our control. We're going to pray for those around the world whose lives are even more difficult in the season. And honestly, if we get to the point as parents where we just can't somehow make it through that, then maybe we need to reach out and ask for help so that we can best lead our family because there are points in our lives where things get so big that we can't do them on our own. And that might be the point where we need to reach out to a pastor or a counselor or a friend and just say, Hey, I'm struggling and I'm unable to do this on my own. I need to talk it out and get help. 
Yeah, I think that's great. You're saying it takes discipline. And, and another word that came to mind is it takes intentionality. You mm-hmm. know, like we can, we can just like hope for this time to pass as quickly as possible, or we can take advantage of it and be really intentional and maybe appreciate the fact that things are not as normal and busy as they typically are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with a little bit of intentionality, our children can really thrive and can really learn and grow a lot like you're speaking of. So I love that. And I think lastly, just to say one of the best ways that we do that, and we've tried to do that in the season is not look so far ahead. I think that's one of the greatest things I live. I learned from living in Kenya is that they don't look so far ahead because they're not promised tomorrow. And I think we are such goal driven visionary planners in America that we're always looking for the end of COVID. And we've just stopped looking for the end of COVID. We've just really given God thanks and praise for every morning that we wake up. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. And so we just give God praise for the day that we have and we thank him. And we're not looking so far ahead for the end of COVID, but instead we're just looking day by day to walk in obedience, to walk in faithfulness, to walk in the, the gift of his presence and trust that whatever we need for that day, whatever it is that we're facing, that his grace is sufficient and his powers made perfect in our weakness. Yeah. I love that. I really appreciate your perspective and just time that you have given to us to share just about your personal experience and about your family. Is there anything else that you have left on your mind that you would love for our families to hear as they might just be struggling a little bit with, um, how long this pandemic is lasting. Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately I feel like I shared pretty much everything that was on my heart, but at the end of the day, I think it goes back to a few things. And the first thing is, I think we have to take an honest estimate of ourselves. Like it says in Romans 12, you know, I think we should be honest with ourselves and how we're doing as parents in the season and ask ourselves, are we stressed? Are we overwhelmed? What's going on? Because if we're holding ourselves if we're thinking we're in one way and we're holding our kids to a different standard, that's just unfair to them. I think it's important to remember them, right? I mean, we know that yeah. very much impacted by our own emotional and social well-being, And so, yeah, being honest with ourselves about where we are is a great first step before being able to assess how is this impacting our child and how do we help them? Absolutely. So no. And I think, I think the second thing for me is, recognizing that our children who've come from hard places, our children who um, are adopted have a unique trigger in this season, potentially because they've already faced loss. They've already faced a lot of these things before they ever came to us. So there's two things. One is it's, it's built more empathy in for me of some of the stressful and hard things they went through before they ever came to me, recognizing they lived with this day in and day out. And this was their reality. And I think it's a really great opportunity for us to kind of have a picture into their world and and build more empathy for them. So that when these crazy behaviors start coming out and this frustrating things, you're like, wait a minute. I kind of better understand their world before they came to me. Right. But the second thing is recognizing that we probably need to go overboard in this season with assuring them that they are safe, that they're taken care of and be careful to protect that around them. We can't keep them from these hard things, but I do think that some kids are more ready to face things than others. And so if we're noticing that our children are melting down a lot and anxious and overwhelmed, we probably need to pay attention to what we're, what we're allowing them to listen to and be around because these children that have trauma and, um, hard and adverse circumstances in their background, 
that this is going to be a massive trigger for them. And then now they're going to be back in that fight, flight, or freeze all the time, just trying to survive. And so I think that's really key and important. And lastly, you know, I'll always take it back to this. We are just not promised ease in this world. There's nowhere in the Bible that God has assured us that we will be easy, that it will be easy, but he has promised that he will be with us always. Mm -hmm. And I, I tell the kids, you know, God tells us in Isaiah that he is closest to the brokenhearted. He tells us, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted that God hears us. He delights in us. And he longs for us to run to him and cry out, Abba father. And I think that when we see ourselves in a place, and our families in a place where we might be moving into a little bit of crisis, I think just take a few steps back and to take a breath, to take an honest assessment and say, what are we doing to set our eyes back on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, rather than keeping our eyes on our circumstances and this pandemic. And I feel like, you know, when Jesus was calling Peter out of the boat and he was saying, come on, walk on water, you know, um, Jesus was, was telling him, you know, keep your eyes on me. Mm-hmm. And when Peter began to look at his circumstances, he began to sink below the water. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that is just what we have kept telling ourselves. We want to be a family that keeps our eyes on Jesus, no matter how hard this is, knowing that he who began the work in our family will to see it to completion. I love that. I think that's a perfect way for us to close. So thank you again for your time and just for your wisdom and insight and for sharing your personal experience. So we are very grateful for you, Kristen, and hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much, Whitney. Well, Dr. Rick, I'm grateful for these two ladies and just the the candor with which they had with this interview. And, and the thing that just really even sticks to me out at first is, is the true idea of control being an illusion. Uh, and I think, especially for those of us who are listening and living in the United States of America, we, we have even more of an illusion that we have control. Uh, we, and we really don't know even what a, a lack of freedom is. Uh, as you know, we had uh, a dear pastor and brother visit us a couple of weeks ago from Bogota, Colombia, and talking about the lockdown that, that they experienced in Colombia and, and how literally they were relegated to their apartments, only allowed to leave, you know, a handful of times a week to get essential supplies like groceries. And only one person out of the home were literally, there were members of their household that did not leave their house for weeks. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it harkens back to as bad as things were in some of our states in the United States from a lockdown perspective. No one was questioning you when you went on a walk in your neighborhood. You know, there was a level of freedom. We weren't being tracked when we went to the grocery store. How many times have you been to the grocery store this week? So I think for all of us, we've got this illusion that we are these free beings with our control that can control our environment. And wow, what a, what a great lesson that we can even begin to teach our kids now. That yeah. control is an illusion, but it also brings back that spiritual principle to say, Ultimate control rests in the authority of God and God alone. Right. Well, and I think it, it's there's also a pretty healthy reminder, I think, for us that, you know, we say a lot to our families in preparation for adoption and in pre- preparation for foster care that, that the journey of healing from trauma is a lot of times kind of a one step forward, two steps back kind of process that we don't, we don't just make progress and keep building on that. Sometimes we make progress only to sort of regress and have to struggle in that and then to move forward. It's, it's messy. And, and, and so part of what, part of what Kristen brought out in this interview that I think is, is really important for us to remember as parents 
they they had this incredible opportunity, right? Like I, I say this, like it's something everybody wants. Nobody wants this, but they had this incredible opportunity living in Kenya um, and, and being there during a terrorist attack where they were confined to their compound. They were like, they lived through a confinement that was extended and very much like the things that they're experiencing during COVID. And so on the one hand, you can kind of say, yeah, well, they had like their kids had built up some resiliency and, and, and they had some experiences to sort of filter this through and, and that made it easier. I think it's, it's noteworthy just to point out that, that she said, you know, very clearly that her kids were triggered by the events of COVID as well. And, and so I think one of the struggles maybe that we've had through COVID is personally, like I'll say this is even true of our family, of having to remember that um, moving through this stuff doesn't mean just kind of checking boxes and moving on from it. Um, that those those underlying issues and those underlying underlying experiences and memories that that our kids have are going to be there and they're going to be part of the complexity so that we don't become frustrated when that fight flight or freeze response kind of comes that mm-hmm. we're not kind of unaware or not expecting that something you know something's going to happen um, and so you know I, I think. Um, you know, the idea that she really kind of pointed out that this is, you know, this is really, this is kind of a process and it's, it's a way of living and it's kind of always, you know, always a factor. Um, I think it, you know, at the end of the day, also, she pointed back, we talked about this last week a little bit to, um, you know, to this idea of, of problem solving and, you know, the fact that we're, we're able to kind of challenge our kids in, in thinking through, even when we're not in control, that like we can be active and that we can have something to do. And that, and that part of what we want to infuse in that is that no, we're like in the middle of this, we're going to, we're going to look back toward Jesus. Like we're going to, we're going to look toward the Lord, you know, being our, you know, our provision. Um, And, and that's, you know, that's quite frankly, not always the reflex that we go to first. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've talked about this, you know, a lot through the pandemic of just the 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 struggle and, and almost the accountability that we have to have for each other in this to 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 remember to use this as an opportunity to show our kids and to point them back to help them see we may be struggling a little bit. We may be a little uncertain, but at the end of the day, we're depending on the Lord. And that's not that's not something we're giving lip service to. That's that's something that's 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 real. And it's it's actually who we are. And this is a great opportunity to show that. Yeah. And I, and I think one of the things that I love, and, and this isn't exactly how Kristen said it, but we have to realize that we're all prone to irrational fear, especially in the midst of 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 things like global pandemics or uh, a storm or. Uh, anything that might happen, uh, you know, we we are raging narcissists, truly, um, <laughs> that that want our own way and are are fearful that something will happen to us. And you know, the thing that I really you know got is when she talked about you know, hey, we realized because of our age and stage and health, we probably were not those that would pass away because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But we also realized we had family members that were compromised mm-hmm. and. 
you know, I know you and I talked a lot about some of the greatest fear not being what would be the effects to us with COVID, but not wanting to give it to someone who who is at a place sure. where it could affect them um, in a great way. And so, you know, we're always prone to irrational fears, right? But I think it's it's the reminder too that we need to be patient through those irrational fears, remembering that we have them and we're prone to them. But then also remembering God's word, that perfect love, the perfect love of God will drive away all that fear. And and like we've been talking about even last week, like consistently pressing the gospel upon our kids in these hard times. And mm-hmm. it's it's in those times where not only do we press it by what we say, but how we react and what we mm-hmm. do and how, you know, we're trusting in the Lord when when things seem out of control. And, and we're showing by our example that we truly believe and know that God is in control and he's the yep. only one that's truly in control. So, you know, Dr. Rick, I, I just, I know you've had the opportunity to live through a lot of different things. Uh, I think we talked last week about one of your, your children, even having some trauma that's triggered by storms. Mm-hmm. You've lived through some pretty horrendous, nasty tornadoes right. in the South. Um, what are some ways that you've found you've been able to demonstrate to your kids that trust in the Lord? Well, so this, this may be a little odd and I, and Kristen kind of brought this out a little bit in the interview, but I think one of the things that is hard to do, right? Like, I'm just going to acknowledge this is, this takes, this takes intentionality and it really takes some discipline to do. And I don't always do it well. Um, is, is the idea that, so what we're often drawn to when we're in circumstances that are out of control is we're drawn to press into things that we can control. Mm -hmm. And so right now, I think a lot of that looks like Netflix and a lot of that looks like, um, you know, activities and time on your phone and all those kind of things that, that, that we're, because we, because we eminently are sovereign over those things. Um, and, and I think what part of what the, the part of what we have to do is we like we've got to force ourselves out of those things. And and we've got to live as people who trust the Lord in front of our kids who are not diving into those things to hide or get away. Our, our culture is so built on escapism. Mm-hmm. And, and we have so many outlets and so many things that are so entertaining and rich to escape. Um, and I think part of what we, what, what we have to kind of do and show for our kids is that, that escapism is not like, that's not God's heart for us. Um, what is hard for us is, is to dive into him and, and to, and to find intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. And part of the way our kids are going to find that is when they find intimacy with us and they, and they see us pointing them to Jesus. And that's, that's very, that's very abstract, you know, what I just said, but there are just really inherently practical ways to do that. And it's by talking to your kids about how you trust the Lord in the middle of the things that stress you out. It's by confessing to them when you've reacted poorly because you're stressed over things that you can't control and acknowledging to them that, that you need to repent and, you know, seek, um, you know, seek the Lord more. It's, it's showing them in discipleship. How do you get into the word and find mm-hmm. comfort and how do you pray? You need to let your kids catch you praying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, like they need to, they need to know that it's not just something you do when you're with them. Um, 
like all of those are, I think are things that, you know, that, that we can do, but ultimately it's, it's just not allowing an idol to creep, creep into our home. That's, that's centered in us trying to calm ourselves or, or placate ourselves. Yeah. And I would just say, as we close, one of the most powerful tools of discipleship is apologizing to our children when, when we have failed, um, you know, that humility, humility is the basis of our following of Christ. And by showing and demonstrating that humility to our children, it's a powerful tool of discipleship. Mm -hmm. And it's more powerful than the the verses we've memorized at times. It's more powerful than uh, how worn out our Bible may be is when we show the humility to tell Mm -hmm. our kids where we failed, to tell our kids where we've messed up or where we weren't the perfect parent. Um, And I think especially for kids from hard places, uh, that's a great and a powerful ethic. So we're so grateful for just this time. Brother, I'm grateful for you. We're grateful to get to do this with you. And we hope that you will all join us again next week as we look again for the series in April of Looking Back at COVID a year later. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.